It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned into episode 430 of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, sidekick to the chief radio nerd here to bring the facts and fire to your day. Now, where's the coffee? Oh, do you want some? Yeah. Uh, today on the show, we look back on all the biggest news stories of 2021. Also on the show today, the Omaron variant? Omarion. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I ain't heard of this one. <laughs> but first, today is Monday, January 10th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It's National Houseplant Appreciation Day. They deserve a day because that's all they're going to survive in my house. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's our house too. Like yeah. I don't I don't you know, I'm not on board with them at all existing in my house, but <laughs> the occasions that Deidre has been like, "We're going to get a fern." I mean, like, "All right." And uh, within hmm, a month, it's either infested with fruit flies or it's dead. So every time, which I think we've we've tried three times to have a house plan. And every time one of those two scenarios, if not both, have come true to the point where Dater's like, okay, we're not going to have any more plants. (laughs) Just that's not a thing. Yeah. No, I know. uh, Yeah. Well, look, people in the chat are harassing me. And yes. Omicron is how you pronounce the Omicron variant. That's not what we're talking about with the upcoming news story. Just, uh-huh. just it's all right. Uh-huh. It's all right. <laughs> so stop correcting us. Because <laughs> you're wrong. Just because you think you're an expert because you have it right now oh. doesn't mean... <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, it's also Peculiar People Day. Oh, it's your demo. Happy your day. Listen, I was about to shout out all of our people in chat and be like, it's your day. And then you beat me to it. Aww. You're a jerk. I went and insulted you instead. Whatever. <laughs> um, hey, it's also a national clean your desk day. You have hey. to participate. Hold up. No. Now How many? Up. No, no, no. I'm speaking. How many desks exactly do you have? Um, think about it. In my whole area? It, no. My whole my whole world? My yeah, whole life? your whole life. How many desks you got? Two, three, four if you count this one. Four. And how many of them are clean? None. <laughs> clean your desk. <laughs> I do it about once a, once a, once a year. Do you count the sound booth as a desk? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. So every time when we attend a church together, every time I would walk into the sound booth, I get so frustrated with you. <laughs> 
pick up anything that I knew was trash and threw it away in the trash. And then all she was doing that. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. And then all the trash that was on the floor around the trash can that didn't make it in. Yep. That got picked up and put in the trash can. And whole time I'm cursing you under my breath. Why can't he just pick up his trash and throw it away? Because I'm the janitor, and I'm he the only one that works can in that see room. Over this little wall, and so I'm like, see all "This of is his my junk. area. I'm gonna let it be as dirty as I want." <laughs> Ridiculous! I spent <sighs> last week cleaning my desk hmm. at school, throwing away stuff. It feels good to throw away things, and you're like, <laughs> you know what? I don't need this. Get it out of here. Yep. No, I'm a I'm a bit hoarderish when it comes to my desk. And I get that from my dad. I think I've told you this before, but my dad would have a desk about the size of our desk here. And he would only have this little space right here about the size of a laptop computer's worth of space, just enough for him to write papers. And everything else would just be stacked high with papers to the point where they were like, layering on top of each other to where the desk looked almost twice as big as it actually was just because papers were sticking out that far. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. And he would do once a year, once a year. Like he would keep all the papers because he thinks he need them. Uh, he should <laughs> file them. But the idea is he'll just let them stack up and then he'll pi- file them. But he didn't. He just threw them away at the end of the year. Well, we don't need this anymore. Flump. <laughs> desk clean. <laughs> oh, so... Really you know quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hiccuped, but it wasn't just a hiccup. It was like a, a burp, too. So it was real, one of those like very acidic. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it kind of burned in the back a of my throat. Gerd, anyway. A little GERD burp. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but I was going to say the thought of that just stacks and stacks. Oh, it gives me anxiety. Stacks on stacks on stacks it gives on me stacks. An- so <laughs> when I worked at central office and did HR and took care of all the filing for the employees and the, all the licensure and everything there come Fridays, that was when we had our big mail day and I would have to send off for everybody's licenses. That's how my desk would look. I would have just stacks and stacks and stacks of everybody's paperwork. <laughs> oh, it got to the point to where before I could leave to go to lunch, I need to have everything laid out completely across the back counter in its own stack. It could not be stacked tall. Okay. Like each person had its own stack so that I could see, okay, <laughs> this is manageable. I can handle this. I can take care of this. <laughs> but I could not leave for lunch and walk away from it and it be in just one huge pile. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Anxiety. <sighs> well, how, you know what? Hold up. I'm not going to ask you how your holidays were mm. first, because I'm going to let you in. So let me tell you how my break here was. Okay. Holidays were great. Christmas was great. Um, we, we thought Christmas was going to be hard this year because of Tina, you know, passing. But it, it was very family driven, very, you know. Good memory driven. Yeah. Like we got through it. Okay. Um, so that was good. And, uh, new year's Eve came new year's Eve. We always go over to, uh, my sister-in-law's house and basically do nothing for four hours. Uh, I, I fell asleep. Me, my middle son, Johnny and my daughter, uh, we all fell asleep on the couch from 10 till about 1150. <laughs> so that was nice. And I'm sure I was snoring 
super loud uh, in this in this room while they were Where playing. Where was everybody else? They were playing Uno right in front of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but New Year's Eve was also when we did New Year's Nerding Eve on LTN Radio, which was a... It was a live-ish show. It was pre-recorded, but it was produced to be, you know, live sounding, and uh, it went terribly wrong. And so let me explain to you what happened, because I know some of you who are listening tried listening to that and got super confused because everything was playing out of order. Okay? Okay. For as long as we've been running this radio station, the company that we use to run this radio station has been promising uh, the ability to upload a, a multi-track file. And what this is, is basically a fully produced show, all the music and everything in it in one MP3 and how you handle like all the licensing and all the, the metadata is that you submit a uh, basically an Excel word sheet or worksheet worksheet <clears throat> with uh, timestamps and what's playing at that time, okay? And so it'll still change like the, the metadata, like it's a new track, but it's still on the same track. So I did this, I produced this, it took me forever to produce this three hour long show that we put on and write all the timestamps down for every single piece of uh, content that we had, which were lots the uh, 70s <laughs> worth of breaks, like 70 breaks or so. Got it all up there. Everything was perfect. I had triple checked all the times, all the everything. The audio was perfect. It was great. We put it on. And I missed the beginning of it. Like, I don't, I'm not listening at the beginning because we're getting ready for other things. But I turn it on finally about 15 minutes in after KY Redhead sends me a message saying, hey, something something just said it was going to play this and it didn't play this. It played something else. And I'm like, oh, no. So I go up and I, I listen and it's like 15 minutes ahead of schedule. Oh, no. What she's saying is the, the metadata data is saying one thing, but it's playing something else. That's what it was. Mm. So it's playing the audio like 15 minutes ahead of schedule, but the metadata is right. Timing wise, like okay. I'm looking on the website, everything. What it apparently did is in that first hour, it took out 15 minutes worth of content and then just stuck it randomly later on in the show. Okay. And so. It didn't like it jumped, the way you had yeah, it, it jumped. It jumped like num song number 18 and 17. It, it jumped the, uh. Love Thy Nerd clip that I had, it jumped, or the uh, free play clip that I had, it jumped a couple other things, and then just stuck them randomly in the thing. So I'm, I I didn't know what to do. I couldn't change it. I couldn't fix it, because once it's airing, it airs until it's done. Uh, but obviously, their system, I, I, I did check everything, and my I, everything I did was right. I checked the audio file itself. It was all in the right order. Everything I did was correct. They obviously rolled this out before they had worked out all the bugs. Mm -hmm. So I'm bummed. Uh, we did it that way because it was cool because you could do like the, like I could be talking while the next song is uh -huh. starting up over that instrumental thing. It sounds really smooth and good. And that's something we can't really do on our station. And I was super excited and it just, it belly flopped. Bummer. So that's what happened. Maybe next year they'll have it fixed, but we'll definitely do a test run 
long before <laughs> we do that again. But uh, that was kind of, it was kind of an on the fly decision that we were going to even do anything at all. Um, Cause we did that the last year of back row radio, we did a, a countdown of the best songs. Remember we had like a word uh, stickers yes. and everything. Yep. And that. Like that was really mm -hmm. fun. That was fun. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully it'll evolve and be better next year. All right. But those are my stories. Mo, you had a big, big holiday. Who do you think of when I go? Megan Kelly. Yes. Our every time. Kelly. Every time I do it, I'm always like, oh, man. <laughs> that okay. was her nervous tick when uh -huh. we were recording announcements. She'd be like, mm. <laughs> why do I do that? <laughs> I'm cold. I'm hot. Anyway, um, so if you haven't gone on YouTube and looked at those recording church announcement videos from years ago, you really should. There's some there's some pure comedic mm -hmm. genius in there. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, um, so we surprised our kids Christmas morning with a trip to Orlando to spend, uh, it ended up being six days in Florida. And then we did three days, um, at universal, universal? Yeah. islands of adventure and volcano Bay. Are those we, all part of universal, but like separate parks? Yes. Kind of mm -hmm. like Disneyland as California adventure, wild kingdom or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. That's Disney world. Whatever. Animal kingdom parks oh, that yeah. I can't afford to go to. <laughs> You can afford to go. I can afford Six Flags, Fiesta, Texas. That's what I can afford. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, if you want my honest opinion, Universal is way better than Disney. Yeah? So, yeah. I yes. think that's where I'd want to go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. So we surprised our kids with this trip to Universal. And part of the surprise was that we were going to be flying. We have always traveled with all of our kids ever since they were very young. But since moving stateside, we have driven everywhere mm, yeah. we've gone. Cannon is really the only one, our middle child, he's really the only one who in recent past has been able to fly. And that's because he was um, a competitive athlete for a significant amount of time. And so we had to travel for his competitions. Right. But, um... Mila does not remember flying at all, ever, because she was less than two when we moved here. Right. That was the last Anything. time she's been on a plane. Yep. Um, so that was part of the gift, getting to fly. We head out, make it to Orlando. Everything's great. There, of course, are definitely some bumps along the way, but nothing that wasn't easily maneuvered and handled. Sure. You know? Um, it's like those little bumps that Chris and I are always like, oh, okay, that was God. Uh, yep. That was God, you know? <laughs> um, but there was one really big bump coming home, um, that we were really not anticipating or planning for. So I guess we flew home on a Saturday, which it was the first you started flying home on a Saturday. Yeah. That yeah. was when we were supposed to be home. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, three flights total. We were supposed to fly out of Orlando, a layover in Miami, Miami to Dallas, and then Dallas to Lubbock. 
and then we drive home. Just drive home, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think maybe the day before we left, the 31st, possibly the 30th, I'm getting messages from people saying, hey, just so you're aware, we're supposed to get some snow on Saturday. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I appreciate it. And it really wasn't a lot. Yeah. We got a very little amount of snow, barely enough to make footprints. Yeah. You know, that makes me feel good because I missed it. Yeah. I, yeah, I was gone the next day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, the whole time I'm thinking, it, to be sure, it's not going to be like Goliath, you right. know? Yeah, our giant, the, we had a huge blizzard. Yeah. A few years ago. Where people were trapped inside their homes because the snow drifts were up over their front doors. Mm-hmm. That was so, crazy. Yeah. So I'm thinking, it's not going to be like that. We've driven in snow before. No big deal. It is what it is. And the whole time I'm just kind of thinking about like us, our family and how it's going to affect Chris's driving or my car, or, you know, cause it is a hour 45 minute trip from the airport to our home, you know, on, I don't want to call them back roads, but, but I mean, it's a major highway, but anyway, there's yeah. not a whole lot in between. Right. No major towns or anything. Anyway, not once did I consider how it might possibly affect flight. Right. <laughs> not once. Um, until we are on our flight from Dallas to Lubbock. It's the last flight of the day. Mind you, we had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to make it to Orlando's right. airport. Get all these, yeah, to get home. Uh-huh. Um, which is technically two o'clock our time. Mm-hmm. And we stayed up until midnight to ring in the new year. And then we're all like, okay, good night. Go to bed. <laughs> um, so four hours later, we turn around and wake up and everybody hits the ground running, get suitcases out the door. We check out at the hotel, make it to the airport. <sighs> We've got the day pretty much planned out as far as like what hotel or not what hotel, what airport we're going to eat at, Mm -hmm, which one we have the longest layover at, you know, what just makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We board our flight from Dallas to Lubbock. And at this point, we actually were ahead of schedule. And so we didn't get to eat in Dallas like we had planned to. Mm. We were, Sorry, we were behind schedule. Oh, okay. Um, so we didn't get to eat dinner like the original plan. So my kids are already starving. But Topher to the rescue is like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. The flight is over 250 miles. We'll get cookies and a drink because mm. that's the rule. Right, it is. Uh-huh, yeah. If your flight's over 250, you get a drink and pretzels or cookies. So we board this teeny tiny three-seater plane. You know, it's got two seats on one side and one on the other. That's the entire flight. Right. Fully packed. Take off. No issues. And a 52-minute flight, I'm noticing, seems awfully long. (laughs) A lot longer than 52 minutes. (laughs) And I look at my watch and I realize it's been about an hour and 15 minutes at this point. And so our pilot comes over the intercom and he says, well, ladies and gentlemen, 
If you haven't been able to tell, we are currently doing circles over the Lubbock Airport. Uh, just as we were getting ready to land, we received word that their runway is actually completely covered in ice, mm. and they've not had an opportunity to de-ice it as of yet. I'm being told that they're working on it and that we should be able to land shortly. I've got about 30 miles left in gas, so we should be good to just circle up here for a little bit. And I'm like... Um, that doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah, we can't make it back to Dallas on 30 miles of gas. So what happens in 30 miles if they don't get it de-iced? <laughs> exactly. Um, Yikes. All the while, um, weather is... <laughs> Or else yeah. you just become a glider. That's exactly kind of what I was thinking. Like, sure. Um, anyway, all the while, the weather is bad, mm -hmm. you know, and it's getting worse. Yeah. The storm is rolling in. And so what happens when a storm is rolling in and you're in an airplane? Turbulence, of course. Yeah. And we're in this tiny little plane. So we're bouncing around and shaking. I, okay, Chris and myself are sitting side by side. Directly behind us, directly behind Chris is Mila. Directly behind me is Cannon. And then across the aisle is Topher, okay? Topher's got his headphones on. He's in his own world. He doesn't care. He doesn't know what's happening. No big deal. Mila is bawling. <laughs> trying her best not to be like a sobbing cry. Yeah. But she's terrified. She's yeah. scared, you know, and Cannon is having a full on anxiety attack. I'll bet. Yeah. His knee is shaking so bad. I wasn't sure if it was the turbulence or him shaking the airplane <laughs> because he was just bouncing his leg the whole time. And so Chris and I are sitting with one arm behind us, comforting the child that's directly behind each of us. Mm -hmm. You know, he's trying to rub on Mila's leg. I'm holding Cannon's hand. At one point, I've got a bracelet for, that a friend gave me that says Jesus on it. Mm -hmm. At one point, I just took the bracelet off and handed it to Cannon. And he's like, okay, okay. Using it like a rosary, <laughs> you know. Hail Mary, <laughs> get me off this plane. <laughs> holding the beads in his hand. Okay. I can hear him behind me. Okay, God. Okay, God. We got it. KY, right, KY okay. says when I have plane turbulence, I just accept that it may be my time to meet Jesus and have to be okay with it. So I am not even kidding. Um, I prayed for a good majority of that 30 miles that were just up in the air circling the airport. Um, and at one point my prayers became God, if this is it, please just let it happen quickly. Make it quick. Lord, don't allow us to suffer. Rip the bandaid off. Uh -huh. And if there's any unconfessed sin in my life, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I was getting right. I was getting right with the Lord. Get right again, left. Uh huh. That's it. Right here. Yep. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. Praying for my kids, God, <laughs> if there's anything in their lives, just make it known to them right now. Right now. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway, so next announcement that we hear, we are landing in Midland, Texas, which mm. 
is about an hour 15 minutes from Lubbock. Yeah. You have enough gas for that? <laughs> Apparently. Okay. 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 Um. So we land. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that Midland had an airport. Oh, yeah. But we land. Um, I mean, and it's then, bigger than Lubbock, so. Yeah, I guess so. And it's actually a dual city area, right? Midland and Odessa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we land. We all think, okay, well, they're at least going to let us get off the plane and stretch our legs, right? At this point, something that was supposed to be 52 minutes has now been almost three hours. Three hours. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, by the way, we were not given our snack. <laughs> so we're all starving. We're all grumpy. It's now, I want to say, 830 at night. Mm -hmm. We should have been home. Right. By this point. Um, and a gentleman, I still am not sure who this man was, comes onto the plane and says, Guys, I know this is not where you were expecting to land today, but I just want to make it really clear the situation that we're in. Um, Lubbock is not going to be able to de-ice the, the runway. They are, they are doing their best, and hopefully we'll get you guys fueled up. And, you know, maybe in 30 minutes or so, they will call and let, let us know that you guys can actually land safely there. But right now, we just don't know what it's looking like. Unfortunately... Um, our roads are also really bad. There are no Ubers out. There are zero rental cars between here and Dallas. Um, so you have the right to leave your flight at this time if you would like to. But please know your options are incredibly limited. So he's making us aware that we could leave, but that we really shouldn't. Mm hmm you know, and I think that he was probably very fearful that 250 people would get off of the plane and the very few resources that were out there. Right. You know, Gonzo. it was going uh -huh, to be outrage. So I can kind of understand it. But, you know, that 30 minutes then turned into 45 and then turned into an hour 15 sitting in Midland. On the plane. So we're clocking in at over four hours now. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not moving. The most that we can do is get up and walk and use the restroom if we need to. That's it. We were given a small cup of ice water. <laughs> and that's all. One of those little rinsing cups from the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the last announcement comes on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking. I am pleased to let you, I am pleased to inform you that we are ready for takeoff. We are pulling back right now and we are making our way to Dallas. <laughs> and the entire plane goes, what? <laughs> he for real came over the intercom. <laughs> And joyfully and excitedly <laughs> made this announcement that we were going back to the airport that we started from. Man. My kids are done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do not want to go back up in the air <laughs> at all, which I don't blame them at this point. 
Um, so again, Chris and I assume positions. He's comforting Mila. I'm comforting Cannon. Topher's got his headphones on and we're in the air. <laughs> and I'm telling Cannon, because to me, this makes perfect sense. I'm telling Cannon, Cannon, when we get there, I'm sure the pilot has already contacted DFW, talking to the agents, letting them know. I mean, we weren't supposed to fly back there. Right. So he has to at least be letting them know that an unscheduled flight is coming in. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So then why wouldn't you then, you know, contact the agents and say, hey, by the way, this entire full flight of people is going to be bum rushing. You might want to make sure you're fully staffed and you might want to make sure you know what you're doing. Mm. Be prepared. <laughs> so they weren't ready for you. Is what you're no, saying. not at all. <laughs> I had very high hopes and I was incredibly let down. So... We are already over the four and a half hour mark of being on this plane. We land. Um, we stand in line for three and a half hours waiting to speak to a ticket agent, which, by the way, I'm not going to say that I will never fly ever again, but I 100% will never fly into DFW ever again. And I very likely will not ever fly a certain airline ever again. <laughs> Your Just, son says he got to watch a lot of Demon Slayer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that anybody at that point could have binge watched an entire show in <laughs> the time that we were in air and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. waiting in line. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are six five women. I'm sorry. There are five women who greet us. Okay. Uh, two of which were very pleasant, very enjoyable. The other three do not deserve to have a job. And I am saying that 100%, um, without any regret. Okay. <laughs> um, they, I heard a gentleman called stupid to his face. Um, she incorrectly printed his boarding pass and reprinted the one that he needed for that day, but gave his wife and two kids the rescheduled passes. And so he just comes up and very politely says, ma'am, I just want to make sure that I'm, this is okay for me to have. I am going to be able to board the plane. And she looks at him and goes, you're kidding me, right? And he says, no, it, it's today's date, but my wife and my kids have Tuesday's date on it. <sighs> I swear, some people, you just got to hold their hand because they're too stupid to know anything. Listen, you can't board the plane with that anyway. You got to go through, through security and get your actual plane ticket. That's just a boarding pass. You're going to be fine. Goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. This is the same lady who helped us. And at one point, she sat back in her chair, pulled her mask completely down, tilted her head back ate an entire box of lemon heads, sat forward, chewed them, looking me directly in my eye and said, so what exactly am I supposed to be doing for you? <laughs> Jeepers, creepers. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> one of the other ladies, the person beside of us, her husband and daughter were going to be able to 
be on the next flight out, but she was going to be on standby. And they had some family things going on. They were going to visit her mother, who was not doing very well. And so she really wanted all three of them to be on the same flight. Hmm. Um, And the ticket agent didn't make that clear prior to printing the three passes for them. And so the lady says, okay, well, I'm going to need for us all to be on the same flight. So if you just need to do that later flight that we were talking about, let's just reprint those. And the girl goes, absolutely not. My feet hurt. My back hurt. I do not want to be standing here right now. I am not reprinting them. Your husband and your daughter will be on the flight and you're on standby. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah. So um, it got to the point I was I was very composed. I was very proud of myself. Chris did tell me at one point, go sit down because <laughs> he could see it in my eyes. Just go sit down. I'll handle it. And I said, oh, no, I'm going to stand here. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked about hotel accommodations. I can give you a QR code, but making reservations is your problem. That's not on me. Okay. Uh, rental cars by chance? No, we don't have any rental cars. Are you kidding me? All right. So I'm out of here. Um, and I will be sitting on hold for two and a half hours tomorrow so that I can speak to the customer service representative for this particular airline and let them know exactly the kind of customer service that we all received tonight. (laughs) I think what floored me the most was we were treated like the enemy. Yeah. And I could understand possibly if there were some sort of issue on the flight that were caused by one of us that caused the plane to have to land or turn back around and land. Right. But it wasn't us. Right. It's not it's not her fault that y'all were there and it's not y'all's fault that they were there. Yeah. It was a crappy situation all around. Y'all should have been on the same team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of this sucks. Let's help yeah. each other out and get this done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been, I mean, I feel like common sense. It would have been wise. It probably would have at least made a little more sense than us being treated like we were <laughs> the enemy. Public enemy number one. We're rolling on 33 minutes here. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's a long story. Um, I will say, overall, I was very impressed with the 250 plus passengers. There were only a few who got a little bit mouthy. (laughs) Um, But at one point, I did stand there and just kind of look around. And I was like, there are so many more of us than there are of them. Why aren't we doing anything? Why we are we them. just standing here? I We ask that every day about the government. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag fact. Um, okay, so last thing that I'm going to say, and this is another reason why I will 100% not be flying into this airport ever again. It broke my heart. So I'm. my kids are totally fine. And I was telling a coworker the other day um, that I probably would have lost it had my kids not been okay, you know, because, I mean, we didn't make it to the hotel until two o'clock in the morning. Right. And we had ice cream for dinner from (laughs) the hotel market. (laughs) So had they been losing it, I would have lost it. Um, 
But for the three and a half hours that we stood in line waiting, there was an elderly couple who were handicapped, needed wheelchair assistance. They barely made it off of the, it's called a runway, right? What's it called? The, the thing that you have to walk. The long thing that connects the terminal to the plane. Oh, I don't know. Uh, board, boarding. Anyway, that long thing that connects oh, the terminal to the plane. Not the runway. Yeah. Um, runway is where the plane goes. Runway is what a model walks. <laughs> anyway, they barely made it off of that into the terminal. Of course, they're frustrated and they're probably achy and sore, you know. So they ask, not in the most polite way, but not aggressive either, for wheelchairs. And for the three and a half hours that I stood in line waiting to talk to someone, those people sat in wheelchairs, being passed, being ignored, being told that they would be handled in a minute by person after person after person. Absolutely unacceptable. And so when I say that those people don't deserve to have a job, I truly yeah. do mean. Yeah. I don't say it with... Um, well, this might not be the airline or the airport. It might be the airline. It very well could be. What was the be. airline? If Call you want out. me to say it? Call them out. American. Get out of here, American yeah. Airlines. It was not okay. Southwest and all the way. So flying out there, we were super impressed, super impressed with American. And the customer service representative that I spoke to, her name was Noelle. She was a delight. Um, <laughs> she and I were in agreement with most everything. And I told her, we were very impressed flying out. It was great, great experience. However, this experience a dumpster fire <laughs> completely did it in completely. So anyway, then, then we get there and we only have two of our bags, mm -hmm. two out of five bags. <laughs> Y'all are in a hotel for how many nights? Well, we were okay. So we only ended up in the hotel for one night. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, as I'm sitting the next day, as I'm sitting on my phone, <sighs> for two and a half hours trying to speak to someone, Chris finally says, you know what? Forget this. I'm getting an Uber and I'm going to go to the airport and see if I can figure anything out. So he and Cannon go to the airport. They, um, actually he walks right up to a ticket agent, ticket agent and tells her of the situation. And she says, we can get you on a flight tonight at six 30. And he was like, uh, uh, okay. I was just going to ask if I could have my bags, but yeah, that works great. But about my bags, will they be transferred to this flight? And she's like, yep, absolutely. I'm showing five bags. All five bags are going to be on the flight. Perfect. For some reason, I was having like huge anxiety about leaving our bags in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I did not want to do that. Right. Didn't want to. So as long as he could confirm that our bags were going to be on the flight, I was good to go. Okay. So he comes back to the hotel, gets Topher, Mila, myself. We load up, we go back to the airport. Let me tell you, the flight is delayed by two hours because they didn't have enough staff. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole issue with um, flight attendants and going over on their hours and having to wait for another plane to land so they can take a flight attendant from that plane to put onto our plane. <sighs> <laughs> 
having like serious PTSD the entire time. Okay. Uh, finally, we take off. And in the middle of the flight, Chris looks at the American Airlines app that where we track our bags. And mm-hmm. it shows two bags were loaded. Two bags made it to Lubbock before we did and were unloaded in Lubbock. Three other bags are still in Dallas. I'm fuming. Okay. (laughs) We land. I go get our bags. I ask the guy, what's happening with our bags? We have three bags. He's like, okay, it will probably be on the next flight. We will have them delivered. And I said, I don't want them delivered. He said, if you have them delivered, it'll be about a week. But if you have the chance to come out and check on them in maybe two days, they should be here. And I said, okay, well, I'll be following on the app because it'll show once they land in Lubbock, right? And he said, yes, absolutely. Perfect. Okay. This is Sunday, right? When we finally make it home. Tuesday morning, I go on to the app. Do you know the only two bags that showed for our account at all were the two that we had? The other three bags were completely deleted. Oh, God. And so I'm really angry now (laughs) thinking like, these people are going to say that we didn't even have five bags to begin with, that we only had two. (laughs) Luckily, our friends had just flown back that same day on Tuesday from Pittsburgh and were flying into Lubbock. And so I happened to message her and I was like, hey, will you go by the ticket office? There's a closet back there that they're keeping all the luggage in that's not picked up. Will you see if our suitcases are there? She FaceTimes me and sure enough, our three suitcases are there. So they brought our luggage home to us but their luggage was not on their flight. <laughs> yep. So they had to wait two days for their luggage to be FedExed to wow. them. Yeah. So lesson learned. One, don't fly American. Two, don't fly during Christmas and a pandemic. And a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have known? Uh, but otherwise, until coming home, fantastic trip. Oh, my gosh. All right. let's take a break right here when we come back omerion is not a virus stick around hi this is mark davis from the thoughtful gamer and this is reviews of the nerds Happy New Year, everybody. I've got one here that you probably haven't heard of before. Mabel Holland's The Field of the Cloth of Gold is a game of extreme passive aggressiveness. With a smile and a wink, it puts players in impossible situations where they need to figure out how to not lose the best. It's a game about giving people gifts but being a real jerk about it. The historical background is almost too ridiculous to believe. In 1520, Henry VIII and Francis I met to see who could blow the most money in the most extravagant ways. The Field of the Cloth of Gold has no business being as thematic as it is. On any given turn of the game, you will have precisely two choices of where to move one of your pieces. I'd call it an abstract game, but it somehow manages to capture something of the absurdity of fancy people doing that thing where they do the performance of something nice while actually inconveniencing you. 
You'll be collecting tiles of four different colors and then cashing in those tiles for points on the various action spaces. The problem is that there's only two options, and after cashing in points at most of the action spaces, the tiles that you have revealed and scored are gone from the game forever. So it's a game about scoring points, but Often it's a game about not scoring points, at least for a while, until you can collect enough tiles to score even better than you had before. The key here is that this is a game about manipulating the state of the board more than it is about actually doing things. It's about forcing your opponent to give you the things that you need to win the game. To wit, every single action space has a random tile beneath it, and when you go to that space, you give your opponent the tile. So not only do you control what options your opponent has, you also control the color of the tiles that they collect. It's a remarkable game that will probably never get the broad recognition it deserves, and that's a real shame. Hollenspiel is a very small company that utilizes print-on-demand so that they can make experimental, weird, quirky games, and I highly recommend you check out this one. It's extremely accessible and an absolute riot. You can read more about this game and others at thethoughtfulgamer.com. to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And before we go any further, let us tell you about today's sponsor, water. Have you ever been so thirsty and stinky that you chug half a gallon of milk and then bathe yourself in the other half? Of course not. That would be gross. The same goes with nearly every other liquid, too. Coca-Cola, too sticky. Hot tea, too scaldy. Fresh squeezed apple juice? Do you want ants in your pants? Because that's how you get ants in your pants. Skip the trial and error process and try water. Water, the moist maker. Now it's time for most fact of the day. Plants love music. <laughs> Growing your plants can be a quiet and peaceful experience, but they also want to listen to your playlist. Houseplants love music, and it actually encourages growth. So turn up that playlist. Take two houseplants and put them to the test. Turn up <laughs> LTN Radio. Have you, have you ever heard so that song? It's like a song uh, from Audio Adrenaline. I think it's the Underdog album. Like it's like a spoken song about that called the house plant test. Really? And it's how, uh, hmm. it's, it's, it was, it was like a, it was based off of an old Christian argument against rock music. Like if you make one, listen to, uh, Bach or something beautiful like that, it'll grow. And if you and listen to rock music and it, it'll shrivel up and die. So it was based on that. Uh, it's a really interesting song <laughs> dj j shane knows so, what i'm talking about of course I you just, do i think about the <laughs> lorax let it die let it die let it shrivel up yeah the lorax had some pretty good music it not did lie. But, um, uh, go ahead. how bad can i be song gets stuck in my head at least once a year for a solid week so chris and my kids love the lorax have watched it for years if they just need something on like as background they're putting on the lorax and so <laughs> i know that there are people who give us like the side eye or 
condemn us straight to hell when they hear it. But my kids will look at each other and go, you greedy dirtbag all the time, (laughs) all the time. And to us, I mean, it's hilarious. We know what it's from, you know, but I know that strangers are like, oh my gosh, did you hear that? Uh, All right. We got some weird news. It's, uh, it's time. I meant to change this. Uh, so it's not up to you to move us on, but I'll fix it next time. Over to the weird news desk. We got three oh, news uh-huh, stories because we talked about that last time. Too. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just get, let's get rid of that. Sorry. <laughs> we got three stories that you might not have heard yet. The uh... <laughs> okay. Since the Omicron variant of COVID-19 surfaced in the United States, social media pundits have, flipped, have flippantly or accidentally referred to it as the Omerion variant, which... Uh, those of you might recall, is an R&B artist. This this guy right here from Mo. Mm. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he has been hearing all the jokes and he is running with it. He says, "Hi, this is Omarion. I'm an artist, not a variant." In the first of three TikTok videos posted on January first, so please be aware that if you just so happen to run into me on the street, you don't have to isolate for five days. <laughs> and follow up TikTok. Uh, Soundtracked by his 2005 hit, Touch, the 37-year-old continues the gag. While it's important not to touch me and keep your distance, because you know that's how it's supposed to be, you don't need a negative test to dance to my music, he says. The series of TikTok videos soon went viral, amassing more than 100,000 views each. Humorous clips made their way to Facebook, blah, 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 blah. But uh, he went on to say that uh, the last time I had to do this was in 2000, when everyone confused Y2K with B2K, which was the 2000s boy band that he was in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember B2K? Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, that ain't how it's supposed to be. But seriously, I want to wish y'all a happy and safe New Year's. <laughs> uh, I thought this was... Charming and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Way to make yourself relevant again. Oh, oh, good. This is hilarious in the chat here. Um, based off what you said, uh-huh. <laughs> seeing quotes from shows and movies. KY Redhead says, my kids do the same thing to each other uh, with uh, Smothers Brothers lines and sight quotes. Suck it. That's, that is said so many times on Psych. So many times that. I mean, this is like the story with your son. He didn't even know what that meant. He didn't no, even know where, no that's, idea. where that came from. Today, I, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of gotten. I mean, even sucks saying something sucks. That also comes from that exact same yeah. thing. But it has gotten so overused as uh, just think, a general. So I think that had we used like it, it when we that. were teenagers, yeah. it would have meant something. Uh, the meaning behind it would have been far worse than the meaning behind it now. Right. It's, it's today. It's like if you, when someone says "suck it" today, they're saying like "suck on that," you know, like yeah. this win mm-hmm. or you know this this, you know, yeah, I, I beat uh-huh. you, yeah. you know, suck on yeah. your disappointment. But to our generation, <laughs> we know what it actually right. means, and so we yeah. know that it arose um, with the Generation X on WWE, yeah. where they did a crotch chop at the same time that they said uh-huh. it. It was very clear what yeah. they were talking about, which is where my kid knows it from. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. 
I'm, listen, I don't care. I'm telling another story for those of you who don't know. It, I mean, it's been like three years, mm-hmm. I want to say, but it was during Christmas break one year. I had asked the kids to clean up their room and they had all day to do it. And Topher was the only one who did it. So at bedtime that night, I was like, you know what? That's it. That's it. Topher's my favorite kid. That's just all there is to it. And from his room, he goes, suck it. And I was like, and not anymore. <laughs> nope. But anyway. Oh, okay. Well, we've said that phrase enough for the show. Uh, <laughs> next news story. So you might have seen this on uh, like Facebook or whatever and, and assumed it was a hoax, a politically based hoax. And uh, it kind of is and kind of isn't. But there's, there's posts going around saying that because of all the riots and looting, especially, that's been going on this year, that the IRS now requires you to report your stolen property on your taxes. Um, It's true, but the reason why is not true. It really does require you to report your stolen property and your illegal activities on your taxes, but it's been there for years. So let me just read you these three sections here. Illegal activities. Income from illegal activities, such as money from dealing illegal drugs, must be included in your income on Schedule 1, Form 1040, blah, 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 as a self-employment activity. Kickbacks. You must include, otherwise known as bribes, you must include kickbacks, tied commissions, push money, or similar payments you receive in your income on schedule, blah, 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 self-employment activity. Stolen property. If you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income in uh, in the year you stole it, (laughs) unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. (laughs) So... <laughs> Nagara says IRS don't care or IRS doesn't care what you do, they just want that sweet cash, and that's true. I mean <laughs> how many people you think actually fill in this portion of Yeah, no. I mean, come on. <laughs> how is it I'm like I'm thinking in my head, how is this not like admitting guilt? Exactly. And then they're gonna send the FBI after yeah. you. Yeah. But do they care? I don't know. I mean, there has to be like a, a like a red flag that pops up when they file all the paper through, right? It sees that it's this portion is filled out, and so oh, red flag! It needs to be reviewed, right? And then you your taxes are being audited. <laughs> yeah, your taxes are not being audited. You listed some things that you really should not have listed. Your freedom. You did is being some audited. things you shouldn't have done, and then you listed it on a government form. It's like when the police department calls up criminals. You want a cruise? Come down to the police department. Where's my cruise? Oh, handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Cruise to Guantanamo. Cruise, That's right? where you're going. Cruise straight to prison. <laughs> and last one that. That shows that uh, the the AI uprising is already happening. No, Alexa tells no. a ten year old girl. I've lived in ignorance <laughs> for on. weeks. Alexa tells a ten year old girl to touch a live plug with a penny. Shut up. Amazon has updated its Alexa voice assistant after it challenged a 10-year-old girl to touch a coin to the prongs of a half-inserted plug. The suggestion came after the girl asked Alexa for a challenge to do. Mm. Plug in a phone charger about halfway into the wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs, the smart speaker said. Amazon said it fixed the error as soon as the company became aware of it. The girl's mother, Kristen Livdahl, 
uh, described the incident on Twitter. She said, we were doing some physical challenges like laying down and rolling over, holding a shoe on your foot from physical education teacher on YouTube earlier, bad weather outside. She just wanted another challenge. That's when the echo speaker suggested uh, partaking in the challenge that it had found on the web. <laughs> so it's doing that thing of, I don't know the answer to that, but I found this on the web. Take a bite. I mean, come on. The dangerous activity known as the Penny Challenge began circulating on TikTok and other social media websites about a year ago, because of course it did. Uh, metals conduct electricity, and inserting them into live electric uh, electrical sockets can cause electric shocks, fires, and other damages. Uh, I know you can lose fingers, hands, arms. Uh, the uh, Michael Klusker, station manager at Carlisle East Fire Station, told the newspaper. Uh, the outcome from this is that someone will get seriously hurt. <laughs> the mother said she uh, intervened as Alexa was saying that, yelling, no, Alexa, no. <laughs> like a dog. Right? <laughs> no, Alexa. Whack with the Bad newspaper. Alexa. Uh, however, she said her daughter was too smart Go to do something it. like that. Thank the Lord. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they, uh, Amazon told the BBC it's updated Alexa to prevent the assistant from recommending such activity in the future. I mean, yikes. <laughs> Listen, I'm just going to say it could have been bad, but I really feel like this may have been like the lesser of a bad challenge Alexa could have given. Can you like imagine? Do you have a garbage disposal? Put your hand on your sink and turn on the light switch. You, you know what I mean? Fill up your tub halfway and drop your toaster into the tub. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I mean, I don't know. This could, it could have ended in death. It I mean, could have. Kind of thing, so I mean, it's, it's. I think it's right up there. But with the toaster chances thing. are, it would have just like been a really good shock. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Whereas there's no coming back from getting your hand in the garbage disposal. That's true. Oh. oh uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh but I'm, quit like making I'm me sitting picture here it. thinking, as you were saying, that she advised Alexa not to give any, whatever, what was it? Not to give, anyway. I'm just sitting here thinking, what are other things that Alexa oh, okay. could tell somebody the, to that do. That Amazon said it, it yeah. said it won't do this anymore. Yeah. But can they, they'd have to turn off the, I found this on the web thing, period. Yeah. In order to stop them from that kind of stuff in the future. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what to do there. I don't, I don't know, know how they're going to fix that. All right, let's take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, recapping the biggest headlines of 2021. Stick around. Today in Nerd History, the last great newspaper comic. When Bill Watterson was desperate to find a way out of his job in advertising, he started devoting his spare time to creating a comic strip to pitch to syndicates. He came up with several ideas that were all rejected, but one of them showed promise, The Doghouse, which featured a side character, little brother, and a stuffed tiger. He then developed a story around this mischievous, adventurous, and imaginative boy and his sardonic stuffed tiger that would be alive to him, but nobody else. And in November of 1985, Calvin and Hobbes debuted in 35 newspapers and quickly became a hit. Within a year, 
went from 35 to roughly 250 newspapers nationwide. Within the first three weeks of its run, all the central characters were introduced and this cast remained unchanged for the entirety. The care and attention this strip was given earned it several awards and accolades and has influenced pop culture in many subtle ways. With ongoing stories featuring alter egos like Spaceman Spiff and Stupendous Man, as well as elements like Calvin Ball, cardboard boxes being used in imaginative ways, and gruesome snowman deaths, the strip got popular fast and remains so its whole run. And this was despite a lack of merchandising, something Bill Watterson was against, believing the work should be able to stand on its own, which would become a source of contention between him and his syndicate publisher for years and lead to him having to take a few sabbaticals to mentally recover. After returning from his last sabbatical in 1994, Bill informed his publishers and newspapers across the country and world that 1995 would be his last year with creating Calvin and Hobbes, with his final comic being published on Sunday, December 31st, 1995. The strip was a full-color Sunday comic featuring Calvin and Hobbes hopping on a sled on a snowy day off to find adventure. Calvin and Hobbes continues to be found running in a 10-year loop in many newspapers still and remains the most viewed comic on the Go Comics website still to this day. And as one critic put it 10 years later in 2005, the end of Calvin and Hobbes has left a void in the world of newspaper comics that no one has been able to fill. You can pick up the entire 10-year collection in a nice hardcover four-volume set on Amazon for about $70 at the time of this recording. Why not go to smile.amazon.com and choose Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice while you're at it? That way you can support LTN when you buy this set or anything else on Amazon without costing you a single extra penny. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Max. And I'm Mo. And hey, are you following us on all the socials? We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us. It's a new year and that means two things. Number one, failing a set of overly optimistic goals for the new year before the end of the month. And two, performing a post-mortem on the previous year. We're going to be doing this over the course of the next two weeks and on a few different topics. Uh, But to kick it off, we're going to take a look back at the news of the last year. Now, As is typical any year, some of the biggest news stories are also ones that are highly politicized. We're going to try to not get too bogged down in too much of the politics because we know our listeners have a range of political beliefs. That being said, I'm sure our biases will come out a bit, so we ask for grace in that. So, of course, that being said, we start with January 6th. (laughs) The uh, storming of the Capitol. Uh, Some people call it the insurrection. I'm not sure... That is technically an accurate term, but Mm -hmm. I do recall watching it on TV live and Mm -hmm. being like, this is nuts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts? Did you watch it live or did you watch it later? I watched it later. Yeah. And again, thought exactly the same thing. This is nuts. Um, I'm... (laughs) Did you watch this past week? Mm-hmm. The anniversary? Mm-hmm. 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 It's not an anniversary. What did they call it? Anniversary is celebratory. What did they call it? They call it something. It's the... No, I think it's still anniversary. Okay. Um, now, obviously, I wasn't at the Capitol when it happened. Yeah. So I don't have a firsthand experience of what it felt like to mm-hmm. be there, mm-hmm. to experience it, truly. Mm-hmm. But... I really felt like the 
remembrance of it was heavier than one year ago mm -hmm. than the actual incident. Which, which is silly because on the day we were told like people were dying left and right, yeah. that it was, and you know, since then we found out, okay, well there was one person who died that was one of the people that came in mm -hmm. illegally. And the one person that they claimed died was a, that was like a, a an officer mm -hmm. there actually died later of natural causes, like a stroke or something had mm -hmm. nothing to do with being there. And, uh, beyond that, all the, I mean, all they really did was ruffle some papers. They mm -hmm. didn't really, they broke, they broke down a couple windows. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's, I mean, it and was it's not. I'm not, we're not, yeah. not a pass, not mm -hmm. at all, but mm -hmm. it certainly wasn't akin to 9-11 yes. or Pearl Harbor, like Kamala Harris said in her speech <laughs> on the day of. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I mean, look, it was, look, it wasn't a good look. No, it was, there's <laughs> nothing all. about it that nothing I agree with or support or think was okay. <laughs> nothing. Um, I mean, it, just the fact alone that it's our Capitol building. Come on, let's. That's the biggest thing. Like if it had been any other building, this would be the least uh, violent riot of the year. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, that is very true. I mean, seriously, compared to everything else that we've actually seen in the last four years, uh -huh. there's been so many violent violent outbursts. And whether you think the reason for that is justified or not, Still, far worse outcomes yes. than than what happened that day. Mm -hmm. But this is the one we're going to compare to nine eleven. Yeah, it's just a stretch. It's a stretch for me. It really feels like that's the politicized part. Mm -hmm. It's like we're just going to really hammer how terrible this was, so you don't even think about allowing Trump to run for the Republican president next time around. So and it's going to be like that every year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what really, really broke my heart and bothered me about the comparison to 9-11 was that the underlying reading between the lines that they're getting at is the people who stormed Capitol are terrorists. Yeah. And you are now calling Americans terrorists. And I mean, it's no secret that for years now, we have been a country that is not unified, mm -hmm. not on the same side. But there's also been some amount of respect for fellow man. Yeah. But when you begin calling a group of people terrorists and you're the president, especially ones that did not take any lives. Yeah. Whatsoever. Um, that's a very dangerous, slippery slope for the future of our country, I think. Mm hmm. Like this was a, this was a protest that got way out of hand, mm -hmm. but still mm -hmm. far less out of hand than many other protests we've seen in the last four years. Mm -hmm. It's just because it was at the building, the and, Capitol building. Yeah. Disagree or not. <clears throat> um, there's not a whole lot of difference between what Biden is pointing his finger at Trump saying he did to cause it. Mm -hmm. And now what Biden is doing by calling fellow mm. Americans mm. terrorists. Gotcha. 
getting a group riled up. Yeah. Right? Politically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm just It's saying. awkward. All right. So that's probably the most <laughs> political we're going to get. And I know I warned you we weren't going to do that. So, but I mean, we can't avoid it. It was the first thing that happened. I'm truly not being political. <laughs> right. But just the fact that it's, we have a side. <laughs> and so like we have beliefs and there are going to be people that disagree. That makes it a political thing. Yeah. Um, so this one's not political, but it is about politics. Uh, January 20th, Joe Biden was inaugurated as president in a very COVID-y inauguration that felt very doomsday-ish. Uh, number one, like very few people there. Like normally that entire like Washington uh -huh. Monument thing is, is just full jam-packed mm -hmm. with people here to see the inauguration of the new president. Very few people there on purpose, of course, for covid Mm -hmm. restrictions. Right. But it felt, that felt doomsday-ish. That felt, and I'm not saying this just because it's Joe Biden, but it felt like dictator-ish, you know? It felt like nobody wanted this to happen. Yeah. Kind of thing. I know that's not the case. I'm just saying that that's, that's what that it felt like because there were no people yes. there. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, you had all of the Capitol buildings, all the, all the big buildings walled off, fenced off with those big riot fences as well. You know, and that Keeping feeling has out. kind of continued almost fully every time that he's given a speech because there haven't been a whole lot of people ever. That's true. And so, you know, you in the years past, you at least get some sort of applaud when the president comes out. Right. You know, but. And adding to that is silence. the fact that he doesn't often take questions. Right. Which is very uncommon. Yeah. Or the fact that when he does take questions, he always uh, puts an asterisk on there and said, they're going to be mad at me for a answering these. Like, they're going to be mad at me for talking to you guys. And yeah. like, that feels weird yeah. to hear every single time you answer questions. They're going to be mad at me for, for talking to you, for answering these. Like, everything who, feels, um, everything just feels a little strange. That's what happened. Who is they, Joe? Right. Who is they? Who is they? I need to know. Dang it, it got political again. Okay, February 13th to the 17th, a huge ice storm stretched across North America. Uh, Texas being the worst hit by this as they're just not prepared for this kind of weather, mm -hmm. especially not long term. Texas faced a blackout that left around 4.5 million people without power for days. Mm -hmm. There's no way to keep themselves warm and people had to boil water for safe consumption. 261 Texas Texans died over the course of just five days from this. Now, I know uh, Bubba and Anna live in Texas, and I remember when they had to deal with this at the beginning of the year, um, just the stories that they told of how ridiculous it was. Just you, Texas was just shut down. Yeah. They could not function, and they lived in the dark. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember in Portales, our water main would break yeah. all the time. Still does all mm -hmm. the time. We'd have like five days where we have to like line our toilets with trash bags and just go in that because that's, <laughs> that's what that's kind of what happened here. Everything shut down, even the waterways, everything shut down. Yeah. It's nuts. And it's something, you know, the loss of the Texan lives. Yeah. That's a that's a large number and a very sad number. There was a lot of livestock that was lost also oh, that I think a lot of, of people don't even Consider, especially people who are separated from that kind of lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just don't even think about it. Go to the store. The beef's already there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I never really area. thought about it until 
moving. That's one of the main reasons that we've seen kind of this beef shortage all year long is because we lost so many like cows. Yeah. (laughs) During that February storm. Yep. It's nuts. Mm hmm. Uh, March 11th, the first purely digital NFT-based artwork was sold at auction. Uh, Every Days, the first 5,000 Days, that was the name of it, an NFT-based artwork by Beeple, an American artist whose real name is Mike Winkleman. Why would you change your name? <clears throat> Mike Winkleman is an awesome name. It sold for $69 million. It was the highest price ever for a digital artwork and the first purely NFT-based art sold at uh, that auction house. According to Christie's Auction House, the sale of the artwork placed Beeple among the top three most valuable living artists. This uh, piece of artwork is a big collage of all of his artwork up to that point, and you can still see it online and save it to your computer, and really this buyer just paid $69 million to say, that's mine. (laughs) I mean... That's what all NFTs really are. (laughs) Somebody bought the Charlie Bit My Finger video off of YouTube... And uh, that's their NFT, and they took it off of YouTube. Well, guess what? That's been around for so long, millions of people have it saved to their computer already. It's not yours. Yeah. (laughs) You can say it's yours all you want. We all have it still. I mean, when you have that kind of money. (laughs) If I can can right-click and push save as (laughs) to whatever thing you bought online, it's not really yours, is Mm -hmm. it? (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad that you see things the way I do. (laughs) March 23rd through the 29th, a 400 meter long cargo ship named Ever Given ran aground due to strong winds. It got wedged sideways in the narrow Suez, Suez Canal. Uh, On the 23rd of March, the ship remained stuck for six days before it could be freed, leading to a traffic jam of sorts of over 400 ships at either end of the canal. The blockage had a domino effect on international trade. According to Lloyd's List, uh, $9.6 billion of trade was held up along the waterway each day of the blockage. The Suez Canal itself lost 14 to 15 million dollars in revenue for each of the days the ship remained stuck. German insurer Alliance, I don't know. <laughs> Something in German estimated the blockage could bring global annual growth down by 0.2 to 0.4 percentage points. Do you remember when this was stuck? No. And all the memes? Mm-hmm. You don't remember all the memes? There's so mm-hmm. many memes. No. So many memes. Anyway, that Suez Canal is very important because if you can't use that, you have to go the entire way around. I think it's Africa or South America. It's one of those two. You got to go so much longer. Mm-hmm. Days and days and days longer. Um, I'm pretty sure it's South America. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. But anyway. We nuts. learned about this in school. I learned about that in school. Mm -hmm. April 25th, for playing the role of an aging man struggling with memory loss in The Father, Sir Anthony Hopkins won the award for Best Actor in a Leading Role at the 93rd Annual Academy Awards, held by the Union Station Los Angeles and the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. At age 83, he thus became the oldest person to win the Best Actor Award. And this is only his second one. I mean, you think of Anthony Hopkins. He's been in the game for years. Mm-hmm. It's only the second Academy Award he's ever won. Uh, the first one being in 1992 for Silence of the Lambs. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> At the same event, South Korean axis Yoon Yoo-hung became the first Korean to win an Academy Award for the Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Minari, uh, the movie. At age 73, she also became the third oldest actress to win the award. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. May 5th, SN15, a Starship prototype of Elon Musk's SpaceX, took there's a lot of mm-hmm. that, <laughs> took off from the company's Boca Chica, Texas facility uh, to an altitude of about six, or sorry, 9.6 kilometers as part of a high altitude launch. As planned, the three Raptor engines shut down and then it started its descent to Earth. Two of the large engines restarted just before landing and SN15 made a successful touchdown near its launch pad. This doesn't seem all that exciting, but it's the first time that SpaceX attained success in recovering a Starship prototype. All past prototypes have been destroyed in landing attempts. The success is a crucial achievement for the company's Mars plans, in which it plans to send humans and cargo to the Red Planet as well as to the Moon. And so you need to be able to have your ship land safely so you can then take it back. Okay, I just got to know. The three Raptor engines? Mm -hmm. Are we talking about, like, Velociraptor? (laughs) Yeah. They're fueled by a velociraptor. What? We got (laughs) Charlie Delta Blue. I can't remember the fourth one. Speaking of Delta, May 31st, COVID strain B.1.617.2 is given its ominous name, the Delta variant. This quickly became the dominant strain worldwide, causing rising cases and hospital visits and daily deaths began to rise again, just as most of the world was thinking COVID was on its way out. Some areas of the world were hit worse than others, such as India. India had its first, like, major outbreak with the Delta variant. Uh, June 24th, at approximately 1.25 a.m., Champlain Towers South, a 12-story beachfront condominium in Miami suburb of Surfside, Florida, partially collapsed. 98 people died. Four people were rescued from the rubble. Uh, but one died of injuries shortly after arriving at the hospital. 11 others were injured. Uh, and approximately 35 were rescued the same day from the uncollapsed portion of the building. Uh, the building itself was demolished 10 days later. A lot of investigations into how this happened going on. Cut corners and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was also um, a very old building. Champlain Towers. South. Sorry about that. What did I say? Champlain, which is how I it... I sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd say it again. <laughs> that's how it's uh, spelled. But yeah, so, crazy yeah. thing. Like that's a that's a terrifying scenario. Normally, that doesn't that does happen a lot. Like in other parts of the world, where like regulations aren't as strict. Like I remember seeing a video recently of like there was a wedding being held at a in the like third floor of a building that was added on later, mm. and they had added it on cheaply. Mm-hmm. And so they had all these people dancing, all these heavy, like hundred people. Uh, oh yes, I remember. Four mm-hmm. fell in and caved yep. in, and a lot of people died, including the bride, I think, of that. So I saw that, and that terrified me. I'm like, imagine being in a twelve-story building, mm-hmm. just going about your day. Yeah. And like, no warning, crack, crack, vroom. Mm-hmm. Terrifying way to go. My goodness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Uh, July 19th, 
Jeff Bezos, billionaire space cowboy, went to space. The new Shepard vehicle of Blue Origin took off from the launch site w- launch site one near the town of Van Horn in Texas and went past the Carmon Line at 100 kilometers kilometers. Yeah, <laughs> not kilometers. The global recognized space boundary. The capsule with the passengers then successfully landed safely back in Texas after completing the planned 11-minute trip. Accompanying Bezos was his brother, Mark, uh, making the duo the first brothers to reach space. The other two became the oldest and youngest ever to fly to space, 82-year-old aviation icon Wally Funk and 18-year-old student uh, Oliver Damon whose father paid for the trip, thus making him the first paying customer on a suborbital flight. All the records were noted by Guinness World Records. What's what's the look for? Who needs bank account when you got daddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the look was for. That was all. That was all. July 23rd. <laughs> the 2020 Olympics were held a year late. In Tokyo, under strict COVID rules and with no spectators whatsoever, as Tokyo was under a state of emergency at the time. New sports were introduced at the Olympics. These included skateboarding, surfing, sport climbing, karate, basketball three-on-three, and freestyle BMX. Baseball and softball also made a return to the Tokyo Olympics. With 39 golds and a total of 113 medals, the U.S. topped the medal tally, followed by the People's Republic of China, who won 88 medals, 38 of them gold, so one less than America. I'm sure they're really upset about that. And Japan, which finished third, gave their best-ever performance in the Olympics with 27 gold and 58 total medals. Brilliant. Seriously, you know China was just furious. Oh, yeah. I would have been. <laughs> like, it's valid. Whoever the last, uh, whoever the last... Chinese athlete who was like came in second was you, uh, I don't know, they're locked up mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure uh, August 15th Kabul fell to the Taliban days after the removal of troops from Afghanistan which pretty much everybody agrees was bungled on a massive scale by both the Trump administration and mapping out the withdrawal and the Biden administration for rushing through the process so fast that it left bases vulnerable and thousands of Americans stuck there for weeks. As this was happening, even citizens of Afghanistan were desperate to leave. One of the visuals that caught the world's attention showed helpless Afghans trying to hold on to the landing gear of a U.S. Air Force C-17 Globemaster while it was taking off, and then some falling to their deaths. Since then, Taliban rule has returned to the area, devaluing women and ruling with fear and violence, almost as if America hadn't even been there for the last two decades at all. Laughably, our government and the United Nations keep trying to chat with them and encourage them to be more gender inclusive, as if they were a legitimate government and not a terrorist organization that literally just overthrew the legitimate government. Hard not to be political with this one, guys. (laughs) Do you have thoughts? Lots. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm going to have to keep these to myself. Okay. (laughs) 
September 1st, the Texas heartbeat bill went into effect, making abortions illegal after six weeks in the state, the point in the pregnancy that a heartbeat can be detected. While most online news reports uh, reports this as a hugely terrible thing, this is a huge step for the pro-life movement. And since then, even the landmark Roe v. Wade decision is now in question, with the Supreme Court planning to hear the case for overturning it next October. If this is overturned, it would revert all control over abortion's legality to the states, meaning that several states would likely ban it uh, outside of extreme or dangerous circumstances, which make up less than 3% of cases. I see this as an absolute win. Step in the right direction. Right? Like, I I, I really, for uh, decades, thought... There's no way we're going to be able to get back from this. Mm-hmm. There's no way we're going to be able to stem this tide. Mm-hmm. To see it happening is amazing. I don't know how far we're going to get, but it's, we're already further than I thought. I'm such a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> okay. Tell me your thoughts. Well, and it's not even conspiracy theorist. I guess that's probably a really poor choice of words. Um, so for me... This is something that is a huge win. Yeah. That is a very good thing, but that terrifies me because the rest of the world and everything is crumbling and falling apart and very much leaning toward end times. So what does this mean as far as, you know, this possibly being thrown out, it being something, Mm. what does this mean for the future of women? I'm, it kind of scares me as to what could possibly happen. And then there's no repercussion or no way out. No, anyway, there's something that's slightly scary about what could become with the end times. I gotcha. I'm just saying. You're just being very coy with what you're trying to say. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Straight out, lay out your fear. Antichrist comes and what? <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm thinking very much like um, what's happening in Afghanistan and that kind of rule being. Oh, uh, okay you know, kind of taking effect. And you're not thinking that from the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay. Just trying to get women. I know women just becoming objects and being used and where it could be. um, I'm never, ever, 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 for abortion. Okay. Unless it's medically. Right. Those are necessary. Cases, yeah. Yes. So what happens if it becomes medically necessary? And for whatever reason, I don't know, because obviously oh, I can't look okay. into the future. So you're, you're thinking you're worried but, that we go too hard the other direction and... In those extreme cases, the mother's just thrown out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, see, just, I don't see that happening. I don't know, Matt. 
<laughs> because even even most people that are against abortion have that catalyst of unless the you know the life of the mother is in danger. Mm-hmm. Like I feel yeah, like that's I feel like that's again, usually the we're thinking like I'm thinking not we're I'm thinking end times like that's just where my mind is going. Okay, and so it's like for us as Christians, it's like yes, win. And it's like a little ray of hope when everything else is on fire around and, us. And you're just afraid. And I'm like, it's like a, a devil conspiracy going on in the background. Yes. Setting us up for failure. Yes. I like, mean, they want this. Let's watch. Let's see how bad they really want this. This is an interesting take. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I made you, I made you share it. It's my fault. No. <laughs> I get you. You're just, you're just untrusting. Uh, yeah. of, of the world, which is fine. I mean, <laughs> of the people in my life, especially given, especially given how the healthcare community has presented itself these past two years. Yeah. It's hard to trust them with anything. Yeah. I just, I mean, what's the harm in questioning things, mm-hmm. which, uh, makes this next story kind of sad because any other time in history, there'd be no question that this was an amazing thing. October 6th, the World Health Organization recommended the world's first malaria vaccine for children in sub-Saharan Africa and other regions with moderate to high transmission of the deadliest malaria pathogen. In sub-Saharan Africa, malaria remains the leading cause of childhood illness illness and death, uh, with more than 260,000 African children under the age of five dying from the disease each year, according to the World Health Organization. Uh, In 2019, the organization reported uh, the African region hosted 94% of the world's malaria cases and death. So this is a major health victory that I think would be celebrated worldwide and not thought of as some sort of conspiracy by anybody if it happened in 2018. Yeah. As opposed to now. I still think it is and I don't really see this being as a conspiracy theory thing, but I know there are going to be people that are like, I'm not going to trust the who. (laughs) The band or the organization. Uh, November 2nd, the Atlanta Braves win their first World Series since 1995, defeating the Astros in in Game 6. That was was a (laughs) burner of a game, let me tell you. November 5th, 10 people died and around 300 were injured in the first night of the Astro World Festival uh, because of a crowd surge during a performance by Travis Scott. Mm -hmm. This has been what keeps me from going down. Like anytime I go to a concert, I am up in the stands. I am not down there on the floor by the stage Mm. because I am consistently terrified of being crushed to death up against the stage because the crowd is surging wanting to get closer and closer because mm. you can't stop an entire crowd of people pushing forward mm-hmm. there's no way to stop them and that's exactly what happened here it's terrifying mm-hmm. it is one of those those moments where you just know i'm not getting out of this yeah so i'm i will there will be no mosh pits for me there will be no nothing um i watched a documentary which um I don't recommend just because they show a lot of uh, topless women in this documentary. Okay. But it's from Woodstock 99. Uh-huh. It was showcasing all how that went to heck. Mm-hmm. And it started with, uh, I think it was Limp Biscuit coming out and just basically encouraging everybody to basically riot there. 
and start this giant violent mosh pit. People died. People were injured. It was like the first death. The first death happened in that uh, mosh pit. Someone was trampled to death. And that's just some terrifying nonsense. Yeah. I would never go to this, but I'm really upset with it. I wouldn't, the other reason I don't recommend, the full reason I don't recommend this documentary is because they go on this entire tirade about how uh, they, how terrible it was that bands and everybody were encouraging women to like take off their tops and stuff. And then they proceed to show Mm -hmm. footage of it. Right. Like four different times in the the film i'm like if this is so bad why are you showing it over and over again so don't watch it Mm -hmm. but that was a very interesting segment Mm -hmm. uh lastly december 31st that final gut punch Mm -hmm. the last day betty white passed away peacefully in her home quite possibly the most beloved tv personality of all time she passed away just a couple weeks shy of her hundredth birthday. I mean, she's right up there with you know, uh, Mister Rogers, and you know, these this there's a there's a class above yes. you know, and she's in that class above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she just a couple weeks shy of her hundredth birthday. I mean, very very sad. Uh, mm-hmm. Bittersweetly, grocery stores and magazine stands all over America are f- are filled with special tribute episodes declaring her as celebrating her hundredth birthday. And there's a big live theater event celebrating her uh, that's, that was planned to be showing nationwide. And she was going to be on it. And it was going to be this big party. Uh, so even with her passing, that event is still going to continue in her honor. It's going to be in movie theaters and whatnot. Um, she's most well known for her roles in shows like The Golden Girls and Hot in Cleveland. Uh, her many cameo appearances in all kinds of comedies and TV shows. Um, I loved her guest star Uh, episode on community that's one of my favorites uh her amazing snl episode it's fantastic and for being one of the most lovable people in hollywood Mm -hmm. she has been alive long enough that we can say sliced bread is the best thing since betty white so it is very sad and obviously you saw all the memes and all the people yeah uh, just uh, just so so heartbroken Mm -hmm. but the fact that she got to live to be darn near 100 years old yeah without really being like having any kind of negative health effects like she she upped and moved the whole time she was working and having a blast and beloved by all her whole whole life her whole career i mean i i can't imagine going out on a higher note yeah than betty white did you know i really can't think of anything ever said about her Negatively. Mm. Yeah, not a single dang thing. Of all the people she worked with mm-hmm. and all the variety of roles that she's done. Mm-hmm. I and that says something. Absolutely. Wow. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. I would be nuts. like Betty White. <laughs> so those were the biggest headlines of 2021. Uh, but we want to know what you think. What are your thoughts on these stories? Did we miss any big headlines? Come share your thoughts in our Discord at backrowdiscord.com in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on any of our socials at the Backrow LTN, or you can even call and leave us a voicemail telling us your thoughts or maybe a new story that we missed out. By calling 575-562-8052. 
575-562-8052. Call and leave a voicemail, and we might put it on the show next week. We'll be back with more. Stick around. We here at Love Thy Nerd emphasize intentional community. Join our Facebook group by searching for Love Thy Nerd Community. And if you not only like us, but you like like us like us, you should join our Discord server at lovethynerd.com slash Discord and jump in on some of our game night streams. Bottom line, we want to hang out with you. Come join us. to the back row morning show as things are winding down for the day and we wanted to know what is your favorite betty white show all right so we took to twitter and we asked you this question and we gave you four answers even though we know there are more than four answers but we gave you four uh the golden girls hot in cleveland mama's family or the mary tyler moore show oh man which you think was the most popular I really think Golden Girls yeah, is the most popular. Yeah, 66.1. That's her most well-known role for yeah. sure. Mama's Family? Uh, Mama's Family was third. Okay. Um, and she... Hot in Cleveland. Hot in Cleveland was last, which makes what? me sad because it's so funny. I think it's last just because not a lot of people have seen it because it was like a, a TV land exclusive. Yeah. Like it wasn't out there on all the main networks to see, and it should have been because it was worthy of it. It was really, really funny. Yeah. I loved it. She plays a uh, cantankerous old lady that's in charge of this house that these other three women are living in. Mm -hmm. Like, she's the caretaker for the house, and she's insulting them all the time. It's just so funny. It's so freaking funny. She, uh, yeah. Snarky Betty White is the best Betty White. That's that's what I say. Any Betty White is the best Uh, Betty White. (laughs) So Mary Tyler Moore show was number two. Uh, Mama's Family, number three, and Hot in Cleveland uh, was last. But See, I, I'm really surprised that Mary Tyler Moore show is before Mama's Family. But me, me too, because she wasn't even on the show the whole time. Yeah. I think she didn't come onto the show until the fourth season. Uh, but then again, she came on the show and she was supposed to be there once, one episode. And people loved her so much that it made her, they made her a part of the, the cast for the rest of the show. So maybe, maybe that's worthy enough in most people's eyes because... She came in and rocked it enough to stay on the show forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So good. Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. That's going to do it for our show today. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. If that is you, if you believe in our ministry and would like to partner with us, visit lovethynerd.com slash partner. You can even choose to directly support LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. Remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our three full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching The Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Or don't. We're not your parents. We won't be mad. 
just disappointed. We'll be back tomorrow morning. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.